Hi, this is Chris, host of A Couple of Drips. Just before we start, I wanted to say a quick word about our subscribers' memberships. If you'd like to help support future episodes, you can subscribe to the show for a few pounds a month. This will help fund production, coffee and guest expenses. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. Cheers and enjoy the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Settle in and turn it up. It's time for a couple of drips. Coffee, conversation, and occasional quips. Here's your host, Chris Granger. Hello and welcome to a couple of drips. Thanks for tuning in. And my guest today, I won't I won't mess around today. I'll just introduce him straight away. He's a guy that I've known for a, a number of years, and we'll talk very shortly about how we met and how we were introduced. But uh, please welcome Mr. Alan Kent. Hello there, sir. Hello, Chris. <laughs> I thought you nodded off there. Sorry, I? yeah. Just, the coffee's just taking me retinas out. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Alan, how did we meet? How did we meet? Uh, well, I seem to think it was probably in Granville's. Yeah, Granville's is a bar in stone for anyone listening yeah, who, who I, yeah. isn't local. I, 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 I a music, but well, famous for music, isn't it? It's also famous for me being on the door. <laughs> You were for a number of I did, about 12 years on the door, though. Yeah, you did, yeah. You can all be sneaking music contacts. Yeah, I remember you working in there as a bar, and I remember seeing you with with a band early on when I first moved here. Probably the first night I'd moved here, actually. I'd unpacked a few boxes and thought, oh, I'll go down to Granville's because I can't be bothered to unpack. And I don't think I'd got a bed at the time, so I was going to be sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> you went you out went, to get lucky, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> you went, yeah, well, you know, I thought I might end up somewhere more comfy. And I remember seeing you with a band with um, Elliot on bass. Oh, yeah. That's Elliot, corp- Elliot Delderfield. Yeah, it's it? when I was slagging on a corporate band. <laughs> those, those horrible flashback days, yeah. What was that band called? Slag. Would it have been Dexter? Yeah, it would. Yeah, oh, Dexter. God, man. Yeah, yeah, those sell, were the days. Sell, eh? sell your soul. Not anymore, <laughs> Did you not though. enjoy that? No, my God. Oh, the worst... <laughs> it, it, was, it was great. And I'll tell you why it was great. I don't think I'd be the person I am now if I hadn't done that stint because we were yeah. out gigging twice a week. Yeah. You know, three times sometimes in the summer. And it made me... Obviously, at first, when I started playing with them, I was a little bit nervous and everything. But you do that many gigs, yeah. you sort of end up owning your art form as performing. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. 
yeah. then I owned it that much that I didn't really give a shit about it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I couldn't wait to fucking jack it in yeah. and do my own stuff. Yeah. And now when I do my own stuff, I still get a little bit nervous. Yeah. But because of that, I don't know, it must have been like seven, eight years, but because of that concentrated performance era, I've sort of, I don't know, it gave me a, a good backbone for playing yeah. live. Yeah. So in that way, it was good. Yeah. The rest of it, shit. So you moved into doing your own stuff. What what was the what was the kind of first thing you did as a as a solo artist, as it were? Well, <laughs> uh, back in '96, I didn't start playing till I was about twenty. I started learning to play guitar when I was about twenty. Yeah, shit at school, no confidence and all that. Yeah, and it took me till I was about twenty to think. You know, I, you know, I'd actually had guitar lessons when I was thirteen, but jacked yeah. because. I just didn't like taking a guitar to school. It was too... Well, yeah. Most people would get off on that. Yeah. I didn't like the attention. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like people were taking the piss, yeah. but they weren't I'm taking I'm surprised because you come across as quite a confident person uh, now. It's been but, a very, very yeah. long journey. Right. A very yeah. long journey. And yeah, yeah I'd say I'm reasonably co- confident now, but, you know, like I say, it's been lots of different things in my life that have snowballed for me to be this person. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah, so... The reason I started working on the door was to rec- save up money to record my first album, and then the album came and went. Yeah, and I ended up jacking into my daytime job oh, well, and just working on Friday and Saturday nights and living yeah. on that, and yeah. and just writing and trying to yeah. become, you know, a better yeah. musician. And you know. I mean, it's a great venue from the point of view that it, it does have a history of music, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, everyone's well, playing there. I, I can yeah, bilk and uh, yeah, it was, Humphrey it, Littleton. Well, back in '95, whenever it was, I started there. It was like a jazz bar. Yeah. Uh, but then, ironically, it was Dexter that played there. Yeah. With a different singer. And it was during the time of TFI Friday and Ocean oh, Colour yes, Scene yeah. and all that. And they played them. People would, would always walk past that place en route to somewhere else. Yeah. But on this particular night, they were doing a, I don't know, is it the Riverboat song or something? Yeah, you know, yeah. They were in the window playing that and people I remember stopped. You, I remember you being in the window playing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and people stopped yeah. and walked across and uh, it changed overnight into this sort of rock and roll venue. Brilliant. Yeah, it's cool. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can you can see everything there. Um, it's been t- overtaken recently, or taken over, I should say, by new owners. I mean, what's do you, uh, do you think it's changed the dynamic in there a little bit? Uh, I I've, I've only been in once or twice. But yeah, for me, it was. Uh, Is that telling in it, itself? It, it was a it was a home from home for me. I used to, yeah. you know what I mean. I'd yeah, get lock ins in there, get trashed. You know, it was it was, it was rock and roll days. Yeah. But, well, when I first moved here, I didn't know anyone, but um, I'd played at Granville's Open Mics quite a bit. So uh, that was like the first place. I didn't really know anyone in Stone. That was the first thing I gravitated towards. And well, that, it was certainly a very welcoming atmosphere. I remember like the first couple of nights <laughs> I was the there. fucking acid everybody was on. Well, the, just the first couple of nights I was there. I remember there was, there was a girl called Kelly Work there. I don't know what I don't know what ever happened to her, but... Um, <laughs> we don't want to go there okay all right um so she owes me fucking money oh right okay okay i've not seen her for years but anyway and um i didn't know anyone and i got talking to her and a few other people and i remember like they chucked everyone out and i was still fucking sitting there yeah. talking to people and it was yeah, such a friendly place you yeah, know it was yeah you know it was just a, a certain everybody's got a place like that in their own history aren't they well if they're yeah. lucky enough they have yeah. for me that sort of 10 year gap that I had probably from about 28 
to 38. It was just, it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty magical. It brilliant, was home brilliant. from home. Well, certainly, I mean, for for me moving here, you know, and not knowing anyone, that felt like a safe space, you know. It, it, yeah, it did was. feel like a friend. Because I was on the fucking place. door. Yeah, well, that's true. You owe me, geezer. That's right. <laughs> well, I remember, like, I used to come down with Kelly and she went, you can't charge Chris, Chris. <laughs> Which was good because I'd got no well, money at the time. that's why she money. Get your hand in fucking pocket now. <laughs> I'd got no money at the time, so, like... To be able to avoid yeah. the entry fee to places was it was an extra couple of drinks. You <laughs> Walking know. around carrying a base was a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? See, you can always tell when someone's not listened to the podcast before because that eye dent always takes them by. Honestly, I don't think people did acid anymore. I think I'm really impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So, um, what are we? What are we drinking, Al? Oh, Oh, he's got. He's got to pick up the coffee from the floor now. He wants you to think it's something exotic, but it's fucking Kenko. Fucking bullshit. Honestly, I don't even drink Kenko. He's Alan is now putting his glasses on. Fucking glasses. <laughs> it's called Has Been. Oh, no, it's not. Has oh. It's it's from Has Been. Oh, it's from Has Been. And it's called, here we go. Ready uh, for, it's, it's a Brazilian. It's, it's the uh, Brazilian edition. Uh, and it's called fucking Franzens Endelago. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> fucking hell, mate. Hold on a minute. I've got, I didn't go. I've, I've only got an art degree. I had no formal education. <laughs> Come on, help me out now. D seventeen in the Big Brother house. Um, right, it's uh, Fazenda Inglaterra. Inglaterra. Uh, Inglaterra. Pro- it's a natural processed bourbon from has been coffee in good old Cyford. And um, why does it say bourbon at the bottom of it? That's the type of coffee bean. What the biscuit? No, the, the <laughs> did, did you there are cream? different there are different um, varietals of coffee beans. I knew so, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you get like so, hazelnuts? That's right. Capy nuts. Yeah. Chili nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Coconuts. Bloody nuts. Should we yeah. go on? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, so, yeah. yeah. Now the description says you can't miss the big layers of sweetness here. Think of Milky Way bar with milk chocolate and light but creamy nougat. As it cools, sultanas enter the mix alongside Brazil nuts. What do you reckon, Al? So let's let's have a slurp. Yeah, anyway. okay. <laughs> and, and and Al has had a gargle as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, now I normally have sugar in mine, so this is like really supping it through a work boot. Yeah. But I mean. What surprised you when you arrived, I think, was the fact that you could drink it without sugar when you normally drink sugar. Just, so obviously it's was, not, not as bitter I, as you used just to. Being polite. <laughs> oh right, well I'll I'll pop and get the sugar cubes from next time. No, no, it's all right actually. Yeah, I love coffee. I do. What strength is this? I mean, it tastes quite strong. But any of the yeah, yeah, it tastes moderately strong. Any of the coffees that you can kind of have like this, where they've got flavours and tasting notes. They tend to be uh, light to medium roast because, uh, and I'm being over general here, so for anyone listening who's going to say that's a load of rubbish, uh, but I'm being general, 
tends to be if you find a darker roast coffee they tend to be roasting it dark to cover up imperfections in the coffee so when you get a lighter roast it normally it's a more it's normally an individual uh source it's from a single farm that normally the farmers are paid well you won't find any broken beans in the bag you know if you say broken glass no if you (laughs) (laughs) oh that's where are you getting your coffee from (laughs) longton market (laughs) <laughs> no, it te- it, you tend to find with the uh, with mass-produced coffees or where the farmers aren't very well paid or whatever, you tend to get a load of broken beans and stuff, and they tend to be darker roast to hide any sins. But if it's a if it's a lighter roast and if all the beans are intact in the bag and that, you 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 will tend to find it's kind of better quality obviously there are exceptions to all the rules you know but uh, uh, but I'm glad, well, you, I'm glad you liked I'm it I'm bowing for, down to the connoisseur I'm, I'm glad for a, me. well I'm glad for a, for a man who normally drinks it with sugar that uh, that you well, found I, 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 it palatable drink it, with, drink it with fucking whiskey I drink it with anything <laughs> that's what I like to hear coffee at 3am absolutely why not why not why not 3am coffee chaser so alan you talked about um going solo you've got a release out soon i understand yeah i think by the time this episode goes out it'll already be out yeah so it'll be the 15th of uh this month which is july yeah yeah i think this 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 episode will go out a bit later on but uh, tell us what the uh tell us what the album's called the album's called six percent viking and it's 12 tracks six percent viking yes Nice. Yeah. I presume you've done a DNA thing. Yes, I fucking yeah. have. Yeah, brilliant. But the thing is, I think they're fucking great, them DNA I can tell that by the long hair and the rippling muscles, to be what, honest. What, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing myself a bit of love. Yeah. Now, well, the thing is, uh, I'm sort of lucky and unlucky to have lots of people that I've grown up with since a kid. Yeah. So we've gone through, you know, when you go through life and you're always sort of saying, oh, I'm a fucking Viking. Before Vikings were fashionable like they yeah, are now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say, oh, I'm a Viking. I'm an ancient Briton and all this yeah, malarkey. Yeah. So especially one of my mates, uh, Mr. Gary Leff, I don't know if you know him, but I've grown up with him. Uh, and he, so I have the DNA test. He goes, all right then, Viking, what percentage are you? And I t- ended up being six percent Icelandic or something like that. Yeah. Northern European and you know yeah. Welsh and Irish, which is cool. You know, yeah, it might yeah. be a Celt. But I put myself down as just being an ancient Britain. That's all I am. I've so, heard a few people call you a Celt. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, well, my name is Alan Celt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the, the sting in the fucking tail is when he did his. Yeah. And he's off the size of me and everything. Will he come back something like fucking forty percent? Oh wow. <laughs> It was like he's like and he just looked at, always. It's yeah. basically yeah. like you know, yeah. standing next to somebody having a piss and they just look down at you and go, six percent and forty percent And I was like, Fucking hell. But in my defence, he was also I mean I mean I mean this is fucked up, this is. So he's forty percent uh, Nordic, whatever yeah. I can't remember what he was. Yeah. Uh, but he was forty percent fucking Egyptian. What was wow. his? What was his ancestors wow. doing? I mean, that's so. And if yeah. he, you know, so to, to me, yeah. that cancels out the forty percent Nordic. Do you think so? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Egyptians. You think the black eyeliner cancels? Well, there's nothing wrong with a bit of guy line. I've been, I've been known to have that myself. You know what I mean? We've all done it. We've all black done nails it. when We're playing the bass. Yeah. So yeah. Like for me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so there was a bit of piss take, and yeah. so I've just used that bit of silly 
naivety and nice, just, and just, nice. and just throwing that using. so what's your inspiration for the album and, and, and what are some of the key tracks on there I think is there a particular I, theme running through the album do no, you think ma- no mate just uh, brutal honesty okay uh, just uh, I don't mean to sound corny but yeah uh, the, uh, some of these songs have been feel like they've been hanging around for 10 years and uh, perhaps one or two I've been but the majority of Looking it, for a home. The majority of yeah, exactly, and the majority of it's really been in these last two years. Yeah. Uh, they've been recorded in the last two years. Uh, well, been, ho- honed, been plenty honed, of time to do that. Yeah, yeah, honed in and then recorded. I mean, I have got, I've got a shitload of tunes that are recorded, ready to release. So, really, this album was draw a line underneath these songs, let them be what they are now, yes. and then move on. You know. Yeah, because there's that sense, isn't there, that a song is never completely finished? You know, there's yeah. Always, but honestly, these songs are finished. I, I've yeah. I've worked hard on them. You yeah. know, the, you know, I think they're well crafted tunes. But at the end of the day, I think they just stand up, stand up uh, lyrical songs. And that, that's Brilliant. that's that's what I love. Yeah, I love lyrics. I love stories that sort of thing an, a- an attitude excellent so give us a couple of song titles and tell us tell us what they're uh, about uh, opens up with a song called Car Crash Baby uh, which is uh, when I met my lady we were madly and madly you know that sort of when you're just obsessed with each other sure and uh, lots sure. of people didn't like the relationship and it was dead rock really? and roll uh, yeah okay, yeah it's yeah, a bit yeah. of an age gap 16 years difference oh so, okay yeah so yeah. you know uh, but we knew we were you know yeah we knew we were it. When you, you know, know, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the song's really about that, that relationship, that Bonnie and Clyde sort of relationship, you know. Yeah. We, we were like coming out guns blazing, you yeah. know. Uh, other titles, Love Life uh, is a song, uh, the line is, you're, uh, you're so full of beautiful. And that's basically was written around the time uh, when my lady was pregnant yeah. with our first lad. Yeah. So watching her grow, you know, brilliant. the vessel of creation. Yes. And yeah. I'm going, fucking hell, I've had a part of that. Yeah. Brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that came from that. There's other songs on there, Bow Down, which is like a bit of an angst song against society, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Uh, We're recording it. the day after Boris has announced his... Yes, fucking hell, so suck on that. But he's yeah, still ba- there. They are. He's still there, he's Ins- clinging on. Insert bow down now. <laughs> he's, cl- he's, he's, he's clinging on like a... Oh, like it's, a- it's just a fucking embarrassment, man, isn't it? The, yeah. the whole thing's just fucking corrupt down to the bone. Oh, it's it's Fuck the system off now. It doesn't work. Fuck the system off. But I think what's worse than Boris is all the people who've supported him, even though they've known he's a liar all the way along I was watching the but it's not that now is it it doesn't matter that he's a liar yeah what, what people get the fucking establishment they get annoyed where if you get caught lying yeah it's okay to lie yeah. you know what I mean that's, that's standard yeah. for them fuckers Lying's it's fine standard. it's getting caught but uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can lie all you want but don't get caught getting caught is really bad uh, no I, it's honestly. just all the people who've supported him and so like like Reese Mogg who you know who's, who's just just oh no he's a great prime minister who's and, that? Blah, blah. Jacob Reese Mogg you know I don't know that, Where's he live? Do we know him? That really, <laughs> that really posh bloke who lives in like the last century, and he goes, "Well, my valet did that for me." Oh, yeah. they're a bunch of cons on me. They're, they're so <sighs> they're so removed from what normal existence is. Yeah, I mean, the fuckers have been knocking around since the fucking Norman invasion, aren't they? You can yeah. t- guarantee that it was them ancestors that were siding with the fucking French and got paid off. <laughs> now I'm not being anti-French, but I'm saying 
some of those answer them lines, them riches go back for fucking hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. and them fuckers are still there and they're yeah. holding on to it. What I'm trying to say is they are that removed from, from normality. Yeah. They haven't got a clue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we best bring it back to the fucking <laughs> rant, rant, ranting. <laughs> Nurse, he's out of bed again. <laughs> More coffee. <laughs> More coffee. Chris, get the Kenko back off. <laughs> I'd never live it down. Uh, okay, so where did you record the album, Al? What's, uh... In my little cesspit of a studio. Okay, what have you got? Tell us Tell Fuck us what yeah. you use. Well, mate... Uh, For the geeks listening, uh, what's, what, what uh, software you use? Well, I'll tell you what. I did a studio tour uh, for this uh, clown fest that we'll talk about. And they asked me to do a studio tour. And I was that embarrassed because they're all like acid house guys, techno guys. Sure. And they're, I mean, they're, the racks of systems that they had were ridiculous. Yeah. And I was that embarrassed. I just said, look, I'll do your studio tour, but can I just dissect one of my songs instead and talk about the yeah. making of it and the making of the video? Yeah. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all cool with that. And it went down a storm. But literally, I was that embarrassed because all I fucking got... Yeah. Is uh, Audient ID14 external sound card? Yeah. A computer. Yeah. And a Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Rhodes K2 uh, condenser mic. Yeah. Uh, I've got a decent amp, and I've got a selection of you know your, your typical mics that you'd have. Yeah. And that's it, mate. That's yeah. it. I use Cubase Five. Brilliant. Quite an old yeah. version, yeah. but but I know it well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's I think. It does the job. If it does the job for anybody out there, I think if you get to know something really well, yeah, that makes up the fucking everything because you can make anything happen. Yeah, can't you? you yeah, know, with the software. Yeah, but I think people just uh, run away with themselves. Yeah, and I think my approach to music is write a fucking good song. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Use the lyrics. Uh, you know, I love films and I love images and you know, like I've, I've got a big art you know art background and to me it's write a story that you can see yeah and then make the music landscape yeah and that's it you can't go wrong yeah. just be honest yeah. to the song yeah. whatever whatever backdrop that needs yeah you can make it happen you yeah. know and i think you can do that with anything can't you well i think i mean you know people have uh, all kinds of levels have produced entire albums on a laptop nowadays yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's uh, but, 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 not recording's not what it I used mean, to be you or, know you don't need the big space yeah, exactly you all you got to do is go back to fucking early 70s 60s and look what songs were done on four tracks yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah. you know and even when you listen back to perhaps not beatles and that but some of the stone stuff yeah and you know the levels all over the place they've got distortion on the acoustic things like that at the end of the day, I know it's an endearing thing because you've sort of grown up with it. Yeah. But, but the songs still stand up. Yeah. 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 Don't make definitely. any fucking difference whatsoever. Yeah, 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 so you got to so you get to a point where you just got to have belief in yourself as a songwriter, aren't you? Yeah, you definitely. Go, definitely. And now you get you certainly get to a point where you go, "Is this song finished?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah, it is." And then you think, "Oh, perhaps I could, you know, master it better, or you know, or I could, I should look at the bottom end up more and stuff like that." But you, yeah. you've got to have faith in what you do, haven't you? you yeah. Just go, yeah, don't definitely. like it, or they won't like it. So, when you're recording, do you start with a drum track, or do you start with a, a oh, acoustic a, guitar, yeah, or, it's, or it's, ukulele, or? It, it can normally, it, uh, it's it's either a riff that's yeah. normally on an acoustic or something like that. 
or even a, a progression on a uke or something. Yeah. Uh, or it's a lyric idea. Yeah. You know. Uh, the lyrics come before or after the music generally, or does it completely fra- Normally, phrases, hooks. You know, uh, like l- nice, nice little lyric lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where you yeah. either you'll hear somebody say something, or I'll come up with something. Or I'm always messing about with with, with my boys coming out with silly sort of crimps. If you're yes, ever, yeah. if you're ever like a, 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 a mighty bush fan, coming yeah. up with silly little poems and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes definitely. some it just comes out top of your head. And it, you know, it sounds brill. You know, yeah. you just run with that. And I've loosened up a lot with that. Instead of being quite anal about lyrics and that, you know, yeah. try just try to have fun with them sometimes. Yeah, brilliant. But say, but sayings as well, you know. So I, I was on the, when I was on the door, the lads. I was on the door. I was at, uh, you'd get some lads coming in to do agency work. They were from Wolverhampton, and you know, and they, oh yeah, yeah, you know, they're like Roy Deads and all stuff like that. And you know, they took themselves very seriously, like. And uh, they, I remember this one time, he'd say, "Oh, and you might have heard the saying." He goes, oh, "It's better to be." Judged by twelve, then carried by six. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've actually used that le- le- line and yeah. put and put it into uh, like a ukulele, sort of almost love song. Brilliant! And it stands out yeah. fucking beautifully. Yeah. You know, for yeah. all the wrong reasons. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But he was saying it like he's some kind of fucking gangster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I came to a, an original uh, original songwriting evening that you did uh, down at the Swan recently. I'm surprised you could get in. It was that fucking was, rammed. It was. It was, it was rammed, door to door. Um, who, who was the other guy you were up there with? Uh, Gary. Gary Lynchwood. Yeah, Gary, uh, who's also worth N- checking out. Nicely put in, you'd be able to tag that. Always, oh, also worth checking out. Oh, he's brilliant. Gary, yeah, he's got an album out. Has he? He's got an album out. Uh, I think that I think it's going to be uh, probably early next year. Yeah, but yeah, definitely oh. check out Gary Lynchwood. Uh, I'll, he's got, put a, I'll put a link. He's in got the a beautiful style, finger picking yeah. acoustic guitarist. Brilliant, it's lovely. And you were playing ukulele, which I was quite surprised. What? How did you? How did you come across that instrument? What was your? What oh, was gosh. your introduction to that? <laughs> Just like anything, you know. You know, and. Uh, I don't know if you've done. I'm sure every family across the country now has brought somebody a ukulele, like a kid. Or, or I was planning on getting one for my girlfriend <laughs> for a birthday this year. Seriously, actually. yes, seriously, because she's bit, got a beautiful singing voice. Yes, and it, but and she's it, got no, no accompaniment. Yeah, so. and it's a go-to place because it is quite a, an easy instrument to get your head around straight away. So if you just want yeah. to put a few chords together, yeah. and uh, most people think it's fucking quite twee and all that. But anyway. I, I brought one for my lady uh, probably about six years ago now. Yeah. And like like anything, I mean, you know, any musician out there I'm sure would agree, you know, you pick up any instrument and if you don't really know it that well yeah. and you start making up your own chords, yeah, there is a rush of creativity straight away. Yeah. It's like somebody's taking the shackles off a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I wrote about three songs within about two days, you yeah. know, and it, and uh, and I've sort of put it down now because it started getting silly, you yeah. know. I, you know, I've probably got about eight uke tracks. Yeah. Uh, so that's so it's totally innocent. It does free you up. It's I mean, totally innocent. You yeah. Know what I mean? it, it does free you up. I know a few people who work like that. Um, but it's not just that, is it? I mean. Uh, like, like if you had an acoustic line around here and I picked it up, if what if it wasn't a particular acoustic that I've played before, yeah, you know, it's like a I don't know a different make or you got it detuned or whatever, 
as soon as I strum it, you, you just hear it in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just slightly different, isn't it? And that's all it needs sometimes, just yeah. to open up some doors. I'm not saying that I'd write a song on it, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that'll come up with a progression that I've played a thousand times, sure. but suddenly sure. heard it in a completely sure. new light. Yeah, no, I mean, Townsend said, you know, if you if you get stuck as a writer, play an instrument you can't play yeah. because it frees up your mind because you forget the rules that you've learned on the, exactly. on the previous and instrument. And that, mu- that mus- sort of almost like a muscle memory of, like, you're, you know, you're playing in A minor and you're going to go to C. And, you know, well, all yeah. that goes through. the Well, all that went yeah. out the window for me because, uh, because like I say, I, I didn't know the chords and I didn't look at the chords for a while. Yeah. And I, I started coming up with some funky riffs. And yeah. if uh, if you listen to Car Crash Baby, yeah, that's a fine example yeah. of some fucker who's got, gone picked up ukulele. Some George <laughs> Forby fans out there fucking like crying, wailing in the streets. Uh, What's he fucking done to that ukulele? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that's a fine example. No, I mean, as that. a as as a bassist, when when someone does that, it's really interesting because I've worked with people before and they. They they've kind of made up chords and done chords and done this thing and you're like you have to work it out and when you say yeah oh that's yeah you, you, you know you say well that's a D minor seventh or something is it yeah I have no idea yeah. uh, just you, you know um, work with Tony Hollinshead a bit and and he does well quite a lot and um, he does that all the time putting his finger down and then when trying to work it out to put a bass line to it or whatever and I'm going. What keys it in Tony's? Well, I've got a clue. <laughs> you know, and I work no, it, it out, and it's surprising. We go actually, if you'd known chords, that's a really complicated progression, and you yeah. probably wouldn't have come up with it. But the yeah. fact that you're kind of feeling your way around it and just listening to what sounds good, yeah, you, you're going to come up with things that you yeah, would do if you had if you had a certain amount of theoretical I, yeah, knowledge. Yeah, I've, do, I've done that to a certain degree on this album where. Well, most of my tracks where, you know, I've used synth parts and things like that. But I don't normally, and I'm not a piano player, I can play a few chords and stuff, but, sure. I, st- but I still have to work out where the middle C is and then go up and down like that. Yeah. But sometimes I'll just play over the top, yeah. you know what I mean? And then just see and use my ears instead of using yeah. fucking triads or anything like that. <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just go for the feel. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, let's have a listen to My Anarchy from 6% Viking.
stones of lovers mark me like a grave. Yes, I am the dying dead. Wash your hands, resurrect what's left of the dead. If you want to Hi there, Chris here, host of A Couple of Drips. If you'd like to help support the production of the show and buy the coffee we try, then you can either buy us a one-off thank you coffee at coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com, or if you'd like to become a member and give us regular support, then click on the support button in your player. Cheers for listening, and on with the show.
so before you went into music, I believe you were uh, teaching kickboxing. Am I right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started. Uh, I'd always dabbled. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I did boxing as a kid for a bit. You know, like most kids. Yeah. Uh, did kung fu and stuff at early age, but uh, yeah, it was really when I started working up fighting fit in our town, Stone. Yeah. Back in two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there for twenty years. You know, we're talking about about confidence and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, you know, I think all kids should do some kind of martial art. You know, if you're not academic, you know, and you've already carrying uh, a burden of being shit at school. Yes. It does have a. You are going to come out as some bully boy, fighting yeah. back, uh, or you're just going to be totally insolent and not yeah. have any confidence whatsoever. I yeah. mean, and I was both of those yeah i was yeah. some kind of paradox yeah yeah uh but it, it was things like that you know martial arts brilliant yeah and and in 2000 uh i, I just lost my dad so i was in a re- very delicate place yeah. yeah and my friend was opening a gym and it was uh he was actually looking for a gym and i was working out in this bit of a derelict part above the tower studios oh yeah that we know yeah there was this derelict room, and I, yeah. and I and I was just training in there. I had a few, you know, I had a punch bag up there and all that. And then my mate started looking for uh, a venue for him to start a, a club. And I went, oh, come and have a look at this. And he came and had a look at it. He went, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. And I went, well, you know, just go see the landlord. And I said, he goes, oh, thanks a lot, blah, blah, blah. Is there anything I can do? I goes, yeah, fucking give me a job. Yeah. So I started yeah. working for him. And I, I had a two-year trial by fire, you know, full contact fighting training with really great hard lads and even though that wasn't my gig that wasn't my yeah. scene uh, it's it just did me the world of good yeah you know especially in the grieving process and stuff like and that and you're still quite buff if you don't mind me saying oh, thank you very much baby <laughs> but I, but honestly no it's, a, it's still a massive part of my life you know i yeah. don't i don't follow you know i don't follow cage fighting or anything like that sure, you know sure. you know i'm more arty and everything but it is still a part of my life and I do see it as a part of my music as well. It's yeah. Physicalities come into songwriting all the time, you know. Smashing, smashing up guitars. No, I mean in, emotional, yeah. in an emotional way, yeah. you know. Yeah. It can fuel you and get you tapping into your aggression and tap, you know. Yeah. And if you know how to say something, you've just got to tap into certain pockets of your emotions. And there's nothing better than tapping into that pocket because you come out guns blazing, you know. So, uh, from music, uh, logical jump to festivals. You mentioned Clownfest earlier, and I have no idea what that is. So, do you want to do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, definitely. I did this one track just into into lockdown. There's a song called My Anarchy. It's on the album, and uh, I recorded it all, did it all, I did the video in my uh, in my back room against the wall you'll if you see the video you'll understand where i am with this so i had to think outside the box with the video i'll put a link in the uh, yeah blurb. cool uh yeah and so i just got in touch with uh lee ward who's a good mate of mine he's a martial art instructor and a brilliant musician he's a songwriter as well see they Great. do go together there's they more do, than just they one do, of they do. uh and he and he said i goes i'm after getting this song reviewed uh, and he says send it into this url period Yassi Clown. Uh, he's, he does this online uh, review, and basically, it's really simple. You just send your URL of your track from SoundCloud or YouTube or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, Bandcamp, etc. Yeah, the first forty that come through worldwide. Yeah, the following Tuesday, he'll 
he'll play. I, I, I might have got the numbers wrong, but it's like forty or sixty or something. Sure. He'll play. He'll play the first half on that Tuesday night. Yeah. From half seven till twelve o'clock, and everybody online reviews it. But it's like so simple, and he's yeah. such a great host. Yeah. Such a warm guy. You know, he makes sure people doesn't troll and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah, he encur- but yeah. he, en- he encourages the anarchy a little bit. You know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I sent my track into there, and uh, I missed the show for some reason. I, I didn't really know the format of it. And then the next, I got I got a text off my mate, so I watched it the next day. But to my horror, when I started watching it, it was all like fucking acid house and techno. Oh, right. And I, I watched an hour and a half of it, and I was going, "Oh fucking hell, I'm gonna die a death here. They're gonna string me to the rafters." Yeah. Uh, and then my track came on and they were all really positive about it I think they flagged it up about you know they gave it a mark 8 out of 10 or something like that yeah. and then from there he'd already hosted an online festival yeah because we'd just gone into lockdown yeah and he invited me on it brilliant so from that I think it's like four times a year for, for like so, so I've done like seven in the last two years he's given me a 20 minute slot so I've been oh, banging. Wow. So I've been banging Absolutely in fantastic. five tunes every three months, and I've, with five videos, and oh, it's really? it's been such uh, just such a you know yeah. firework up the arse to get creative. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, it, having I, that I, deadline to oh man, but he's no, done, nothing motivated like that, a deadline. But but it, you can see, but but it, but now but now his festivals run from I think they're kicking around half past five and they run to twelve o'clock. Right. Well, in the last festival, it was a week, seven days. That's like three, three bands an hour. He had, he had an obscene amount of bands, and he hosts yeah. it all and everything. You couldn't you know. physically run a festival like that. Oh could man, you? Yeah. no. Well, you've got to be, you've got to be a certain geezer to do that, haven't you? Yeah. You know? And he yeah. is. He's a great musician himself. He comes out with loads of you know techno, acid house, and stuff like that. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's just been an absolutely beautiful experience. to be a a part of it and to be slightly different from the rest of them well 99% of them has even been more rewarding because it's felt more of a challenge you know what I mean to win them across you know and then they just showcased my album the other night Uh, and you know fantastic and do you think you've picked up listeners from all around all over the world from that I've I've made a good bunch of friends from that Yeah, and they are so uh they are so giving yeah. and so supportive. But playing this festival, I found like-minded people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're worldwide. I've got yeah. friends in America now, all over the place. Brilliant. And that's the beauty of it. Brilliant. And that's the beauty of the internet when it's done well. So tell us a little bit about your involvement with Chuck Productions. <laughs> is it, have I got just the name right? Yeah, yeah. You've just gone from the Clown Fest Army. That Clown sounds, Festival that to sa- Chuckabrook. That sounds like this fucking great anarchistic movement, <laughs> which it is, to Chuckle Productions. <laughs> to me, to you. <laughs> Not a Chuckle Brothers, a Chuckle, Chuckle Productions. Productions. I mean, if you've got a different segue. <laughs> no, fucking hell. How can I get out of this now? We should have come up with the kickboxing lot after this. Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave to it get around. some street cred. Fucking hell. <laughs> I run, I, the lady who runs it well there's two ladies that run it Sharon and Sarah well Sarah I went to school with Sarah she was one of the one of the uh, very intellectual she'll fucking hate me for saying this but she was one of them you know yeah. up there working hard and I was down there with the punks doing fuck all glue sniffing down the park it, it was, <laughs> we were polar opposites you know 
I'm not saying you know. I, I'm not saying that I didn't like her or anything like that. We just our our paths would never have crossed. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. I didn't wear a fucking pingle jumper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. Sorry. Uh, Couldn't get the glue off it. That's but, but 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was playing uh, a little festival out out in the country somewhere, and she was there, and uh, I was there with my son, who was probably about three year, three years old then, and I was met, playing around with him, messing about like you yeah. do. Uh, and then she indirectly through my girlfriend that she knew through dance she uh, she asked me if I'd want to come and have a look at, at what she does with uh, kids with found needs and additional needs uh, and if I'd come and play guitar for her and do some quirky little songs wow. for him and things like wow. that and I, I said yes and I found it and this is what I'm saying and it fucking terrified me yeah she put me with this young young lad who was in a wheelchair who couldn't communicate couldn't move and I had to interact with him and I had to uh, just do some uh, just some simple little some just simple little workshop with him you know yeah and uh, I was adding the music but I was on the sidelines I was looking after this young lad yeah now that now that fucking terrified me because I'd never done it of before. course yeah and uh, so I was like I was you know I was in my 40s at this point yeah and that's that other thing I was saying about you know when you're insecure and everything like that it takes lots of different things to challenge once you, you and push get, you well, yeah once you get somewhere yeah you know, you really need to fucking shake that soul, don't you, for it to grow again. Totally. You know what I mean? And I've been very lucky yeah. that I've gone from one place to another, from doing full contact fighting in a ring with fucking hard lads, you know, trying to learn a craft, going back day in and day out, to going to working with kids that can't communicate and all stuff like that. They're polar opposites. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, well, anyway... The company has gone from strength to strength. It's non, a non-profit organisation. And now they've got a place, a workplace called the Chuckle House, and we have loads of different kids coming in with all sorts of, uh, you know, needs, yeah. disabilities. Absolutely fine. And, and the team yeah. I work with are the bollocks. Yeah. They are, you've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Honestly, they are beautiful. They are caring. And, you know, and then you know when some of the kids, because some of the kids got ADHD, they're bouncing off the walls and sure, all this, and I'm sure. going, fucking hell, they're annoying me now. Fucking, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> and they're there, you know, being whacked around the head and everything, and they're still mothering them and everything. They, yeah. It's the most beautifulest thing to witness. Yeah. And I'm lucky that you know I, I get to do all the the filming. I get to do. Uh, yeah. So what 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 what. You, you say you do the music with them, you film and music. What sort of things do you yeah, do? Well they, well, they have they have more of a uh, kids with you know with kids with just general autism or you know ADHD Asperger's, or whatever, that, that kind sort of thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we run a Chuckle Stars on a Saturday, um, so we have a big array of kids that come in there just to come and do a little bit of drama and stuff like that. Fabulous. But we're all doing little workshops, and they always have a little projects. So they might yeah. want to do a music video, they might want to do this, they might want to do that. That's great. Uh, you know now, you know now they're starting to do podcasts and all yeah, stuff like that. Brilliant. So yeah, I'm the geezer trying to make it happen yeah. for them. You know, which so is so channeling their energy into something positive. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll just very quickly uh, talk about. Uh, so a few years ago, uh, I said to Sarah, I went, I was getting a bit frustrated because I was going, look, I've got all these goods I can bring to the table, and I don't feel that I'm doing it. Yeah, I I can do more than stand in the fucking corner and play row 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 your boat. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Yeah, and. Uh, so I came up with this concept about and uh, talking about 
being switched on to lyrics and what people say. Yeah. Some of these kids were coming out with the most profound fucking shit. Do you know what I mean? It was like David Bowie stuff. It was like, it was fucked up. It was beautiful, you know. Yeah. And, I, and as a songwriter, I was going, that is fucking great. I've got to... Yeah. You know, I had this song called... Uh, I was wearing it. Somebody put a little badge on me and it said, and it said, uh, it said, uh, N-O-1, number one. And one of the kids come up to me and just pointed at me and went, no one, and walked off. I wrote a song called No One that day. It just, some it yeah. went in my head and I just yeah. went, that's amazing. Uh, you know, but yeah. anyway, so, so uh, I pitched this idea. Why don't we get the kids to write the lyrics? So over the next few months, we were asking them to draw pictures, title stuff. Did anybody, you know, uh, come up with poems, anything that you wanted to do. And yeah. there's a song called Pocket Full of Stars that's uh, on YouTube. Uh, the Kid with the Pocket Full of Stars. And uh, you can see how fucking magnificent they are through that. And you can see the, the kids at the end of it as well. Yeah. So they did loads of drawings that I'd, did a little bit of animation with and stuff like that and yeah it's it's very beautiful it's very beautiful tell us about art shed then alan art shed yeah that that art shed is uh chocolate production style we work with a, a bunch of kids who are like well they're not kids are they 18 to 30 and it's basically just trying to wise them up into uh, a working life so we're we're just doing simple little workshops with them you know i do music and film and things like that they're doing media stuff uh majority of it's based around creativity yeah drama music things yeah. like that yeah. it seems to be working the kids really enjoy it they're, they're a really great bunch yeah i, I mean yesterday we were really lucky uh the last couple of days uh we got to take them to victoria raw uh, and they did a workshop there we went all around the place walking around all that I mean Vicky all you know, it's, it's great for me because I used to go there as a kid to see all the rock bands you know saw, yeah, like, absolutely. I, saw Iron Maiden there Saxon all these you know, when, you know back yeah. in there yeah. back in the late 70s and stuff Motorhead I didn't but yeah. I think my brother might have seen him my brother yeah. saw ACDC there with Bon That's Scott well. Well, with well. Bon Scott yeah uh, on two tours before he died I mean that is a claim to fame especially yeah. in that venue just fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that, then we took him around the Regent for the same sort of thing. Yeah, so it was great. Climb to fame, climb to fame. It's your chance to drop a name. Trying to outdo each other's kind of line. Worn upmanship is the only aim. Climb to fame. Claim to fame, claim to fame, claim to fame. Oh, thank you very much. Everyone loves the idents. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Those boxes might come down on your head if you do that. That, that. was a remember. solid wardrobe, that was. <laughs> right. It's really everything but a solid wardrobe it's not a very solid wardrobe tell you what, at all. My, my ears are sweating with these cans on I tell you. oh are they oh That's Jesus lovely I'll be uh, sanitising those afterwards <laughs> <laughs> so claim to fame then uh, tell us about your trousers Alan <laughs> oh, I've just uh, there's so much to talk about I've just had such a rich and rewarding adventurous life <laughs> 
So you've picked on me fucking trousers. I picked on your trousers, yeah. Clarence oh, Cliff. It's not, a, it's not a claim to fame, really, is it? It's just a... Well, okay, so... Uh, that Clarice Cliff film uh, was filmed round here. It's uh, one of those Amazon fucking Prime specials or something. Uh, and they were filming it. They were asking for extras from round the potteries. So on a whim, I just... Somebody sent me the the email saying, oh, they're after extras. So on a whim, it was a really easy application form. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It basically yeah. needed three things or else I wasn't bothered. Right. It was like age, height, fucking... Uh, weight or something like that or something like inside leg or something shit like that <laughs> i lied about all of them yeah <laughs> but, but anyway so so i get the gig and basically uh went down to black country museum and they're doing this so we're shooting all day there was one particular scene you can actually see me at the beginning on the beginning of, of the film yeah where she runs and she picks a flower up right at the beginning yeah you can see i'm a bargeman I'm a bargeman tying up a piece of rope. So that's that's me claim of fame right okay. there. Okay. Okay. But now I'm going to fucking destroy it. Uh, yeah, so there was this particular scene where they're shooting across the bridge over the canal. And uh, my job was to shovel coal in the back of this cart yeah. uh, that was, you know, being driven by this big cart horse, you know. So yeah. it was all extras there and all yeah. that. And I was doing a manual job, feeling like my granddad going, ah, oh, that's what my fucking granddad would have done. And uh, there was loads of extras all milling around doing the thing that they had to do. And there was two ladies, elderly ladies, walking up behind me as I was doing it. And they had to walk past me and I had to nod my cap to him as he walked past. Anyway, so... They do a they do a quick take and then they shoot again and I bend over to get a good shovelful and my trousers rip right up my arse and I'm talking about from the old truffling zone right up the back to my lower back it totally split and um I never wear underpants. I find I find them far too restricted. I'll cross out. I was going to do the pen, pencil boxes section <laughs> later, but yes. that's that's gone out the window. I, I never wear them. I can't be arsed. My arse is too big as it is to be to be coated in some man-made fabric. I always try to wear loose trousers as it is. So anyway, so I rip my trousers, and these two ladies are walking up, and I go fuck. And I, honestly, it doesn't sound like much, but I was I was I was humiliated. Oh. Even the horse looked away. I was, and then <laughs> what, one one of the runners walked past me with the walkie-talkie. I went oh, in that terrible, <laughs> terrible voice. I went, I've ripped my trousers. <laughs> she looked around. She went, What's the matter? And I, I turned around like that, thinking that obviously the camera across the way was going to fucking all of a sudden jump the canal and zoom right up to me backside, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then I realised these two ladies were walking behind me and I'm, I, and I had to do another five takes with these poor... And actually, it was Jilly Nichols, who's quite a famous singer around yeah, here. Yeah, she, she She's a lovely lady. Yeah. Now, yeah, so you've got to ask her, really. Get her on here and yeah. tell her if she saw what I had for oh, lunch. She, she can come on and... Yeah, yeah. Talk about the crap. She looked. She yeah. looked straight up me, Harold. Wow, lovely me. So while we're in the process of humiliating you, then I believe you once didn't get a Staffordshire Police Bravery Award. This is like I, 
I've told this to my son, right? Because it's more like a little fable. This is that six percent Viking coming at me, like yeah. a Nord, like yeah. a Nordic tale. The story storytelling, yes. Yeah, the pub that I worked at, Granville's, that we talked about, uh, that was having a refurb. So I had the weekend off, and it was something like the last week in January, and I was out for a beer, and I was in the bar next door, the CNA, and I was having a drink with me mate. Uh, but previous to that, I was walking up the high street and a police car came past and stopped. And I knew the sergeant. And he said to me, All right, Alan, everything all right on the door tonight? He goes, No, Granville's is closed tonight. He goes, Oh, all right, okay. He goes, Keep an eye out for this certain character. And he, he name, I won't name him. And uh, I knew the lad and I'd done some boxing with him. And uh, he was a good lad, but he was a bit of a. Uh, he got misled very easily. Yeah. And he obviously was having too much substance and he was obviously on a death wish and I went yeah yeah I'll phone it in if I see him so I went and had a beer anyway I saw him walk past the window and then I saw a commotion going on and I went out and uh, apparently he was just walking up and down the high street punching people out the police the police were after him because he'd uh, assaulted uh, an old lady after his handbag proper deprivation shit but he was obviously on a death wish, he was, you know. Yeah. And I went up to him and he turned and he was looking straight through me. He wasn't on this planet. And yeah. I just went, mate, just go home. Go home. Police are already after you. Yeah. I'll go home and face consequences tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I walked off, went back in. Anyway, something else happened. I looked and and I think it was the, uh, the young lad who worked in the kitchen was crossing the road and I saw him go up and punching one and I thought that's oh. it but the, the bar manager was there and uh, I just went call this in call it in and she had a walkie talkie like and I just went down held him there police car came threw him in the back of the police car and uh, I just thought didn't think anything else of it yeah anyway following week I met Granville's manager comes up well, uh, the owner comes up oh well done Alan I hear you did uh, some terrific work and he goes well the sergeant's coming down he wants to have a word with you in a minute so he comes down he goes great work Alan I want to give you a, I'm putting you in for the Citizens Bravery Award and he goes Citizens Bravery Award you, people need to know about people like you and I says oh do they I went no you're right he goes no no it's got to happen blah 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 anyway following week I met, <laughs> I met good old Granville's again and I get a lock in and my mate's down uh, from Scotland, I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah. Anyway, we get leathered and it's about half six in the morning. And of course, like an idiot, I walk out and I climb into my car. <laughs> and I don't, oh, encor- no. I don't, I do not encourage this to anybody. It was a total dick thing to do. But I get in my car and I walk around and I get stopped at the bypass. The rest is history no to award. a certain degree. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've spent the night in the cells and I knew most of the bobbies because I'd done boxing with him in some yeah, form and yeah. all that. And I never got a call off Mr. Oh, Sergeant Cleave uh, because yeah, exactly. But I love that story because yeah. it sums up life, and it sums yeah. up pretentious awards for just being a decent human being. You don't <laughs> yeah, need yeah, them, yeah. Do you? you don't need pats on the back or anything like that. Yeah, you either yeah. try to be a good human being yeah. or you don't. So that's well, it, a little message for you, Boris Johnson. It says that there's some good and bad in everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm a total fucking dick as well. Yeah. And life beautiful. <laughs> But that's what I say to me, boy. It's all right to be a dick. Yeah. But just try to be a fucking good person while you're being yeah, a dick. Absolutely. That's a great message. And, <laughs> and I think that might be a good message to end on, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. 
Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure and a qu- quite a hoot. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank Hope you. to have you on again soon. And do check out Alan's album. All the links to it will be yeah. in the episode description. It'll be released on Bandcamp. Bandcamp, brilliant. Fabulous. Thanks thank a you, lot, sir. Alan. Thank and you. Thanks for listening, guys. listening to a couple of drips the show was conceived and presented by chris granger and is a cup the mic production planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Chris here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the production of future episodes, then subscriptions are available. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. See you next time.